welcome to Belong Church. I have to say this morning, um, it's a great morning, even though it's 33 degrees outside, and, and I was tempted to build a fire in the fireplace this morning, but they got really hot in here as we're still setting everything up from last week, where Andrew got married, and we're so very, very excited about that. John Shear is not with us this morning. He is actually at Church of the Highlands. I'm so jealous. He's at the Grants Mill location, so... Um, He'll be watching us later online. So, John, I hope you had a really good time. I know that you did. Just it's an amazing experience as we're patterning our church after them and how they're doing. Welcome to day eight of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I don't know about you, but it's been kicking my, okay, what word can I say here at church? Um, My backside. Um, Hopefully that will not make my mother upset with me. But it has really been difficult for me, and it's really been the most difficult week, and detoxing, and, and it's just crazy. And, and I'm sure maybe some of you have experienced the same thing. And when you go through a detox, everything st- seems to get more difficult, and maybe you're not as happy with the people around you, or maybe they're not as happy with you, or somewhere in between the two. It's just one of those things, but it is so beneficial. And, and it's crazy, because as I was thinking about the different fasts that there are, and, and I thought about the Daniel fast. It kind of it was humorous to me because Daniel fast was not a fast for Daniel. It was how he lived. And, and we call it a Daniel fast like we're sacrificing something when we're just eating the fruits and the veggies and the nuts and, and those things. But that's just really how he lived. So I, I felt in myself some of the things that I'm fasting that maybe God's leading me into not just fasting them for these 21 days, but maybe even to continue on beyond that. So I want to encourage you to consider that as well. And I've heard stories of people that are joining us fasting, and it's just so incredible the, the, to see how we're all coming together. And, and, and while fasting is, is something we, we kind of torment our bodies, as I talked about, the, the detoxing and the, the, the difficulty of it. For me personally, what happens whenever I feel those pains, whenever I feel those detox moments, it reminds me of what I'm doing. So it isn't without a cause. It isn't without a reason. But when I feel that hunger pain, when I feel that, that stress, when I feel that shooting pain through my head, it's a point for me to go, God, I thank you that you've called me to this fast. This is a choice that I'm making. So it's a, re- it's a reminder, it's a prompt, like someone tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, remember you're fasting? That's what happens in my own self. So I want to encourage you to continue in that. And, and let us know your stories about fasting, whether they're, you're crabby and everybody around you is like, I can't wait for this to get past, um, or if it's just the great testimonies that are undoubtedly going to come out from it. Well, the first week has been all about Jesus. And as we go through the Lord's Prayer, and I do trust that you guys are all following along with us, following Church of the Highlands. And as I mentioned last week, with the fact that we're not in a building during this season of 21 days, that we're following after Church of the Highlands. And and most likely, we're going to go live next week. And I'll be speaking every day, and Michael may speak, and Miss Lenore may speak, and who knows who will speak. We'll just see who is able to do it. Maybe we'll get Jenny up and she'll speak too. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, but 
But as we're going into this week, the first week was all about our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, it's all about you. But this week we're making a turn to the give us this day. And, and we're making the move from it's all about you to now it is about giving us, Lord, when these are the petitions that we have. But I want to take you to Psalms 37 just for a second and, and specifically talking about prayer and fasting. And one of the things that we should be doing is we should be taking our delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But that word, taking delight, literally the context of that means a a bride who's adorning herself on her wedding day. Now, this really jumps out at me because last week we had a wedding day and we had a bride, our new, newest member to our family, Abby Barons, as it is now. And it's just a wonderful thing. And here's a picture of the ceremony because I know not everyone was able to go. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful day. And just God did a miracle with that. But I can tell you that Abby went through and all the bridesmaids went through all of this work and adorning and all these things all day long to look that beautiful. And It's the number one day of her life for beauty. Psalm 37 says, take delight in the Lord. And the connotation is that whole thing, that you're making yourself beautiful. You're taking all that preparation, all that time. And as we're in prayer and fasting, we're taking that time to make preparation like the bride would for God. It goes on to say, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And many people say that means whatever I want, God will give it to you. No, no, no. That's not what it means. It means that God gives you the desires. It's a play on words kind of, but but let me just put it to you this way. It doesn't mean you get everything you want. It means he gives you the want. When you commit yourself to the Lord, your desires are going to change. As you start walking and pursuing him, things that you used to want to do, you're not going to want to do anymore. But you see, that's not up to someone telling you, you got to do this, you got to stop doing that. It's simply the scripture. When you take delight in him, when you make preparations for him, then he takes his delight in you and he gives you a change in what you want. This week's message has been downloading in me since the beginning of the year. And I have to say, it wasn't something that just came lightly because it's not a message that you would normally hear at a church in the beginning weeks of a new year. And you would likely think you're going to hear rah, 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 goals and challenges and and discipleship and all those things. But I really felt like this message was something that we just need to hit the ground running and going. But it, it kind of has just, and the way God works with me is I'll get pieces here, bits and pieces there, and I'll see something that prompts me, and, and I'll see something, oh, that's really good. And I posted a couple of things on Facebook this week that I saw that other people wrote that were really good. But then there's other things that jump out at me and like, <sighs> okay, this is something we need to talk about. This is something that we're going to go into the whole message. This is something for our congregation. And that's what happened this week in the last couple of weeks. But it really stemmed this past week early on in something that happened between Lenore and I personally. I communicated something to her that she didn't particularly like. And it it wasn't how I wanted it to come across. And I ended up um, offending her. I ended up hurting her feelings. And so she 
communicated that to me, which I was so happy for. And it gave me an opportunity to apologize. So as we're texting back and forth talking about this, uh, it, it really wasn't like the biggest thing in the world. But she sent back a text that just shook me to my core. She sent me these three words after I said, I'm sorry. That's not how I wanted you to feel. And honestly, it's not how I wanted to ever feel. But she sent me back these three powerful words. She says, I forgive you. Now, I've heard those words so many times throughout my life, as you can imagine, and I'm sure you have as well. But when I heard it, not heard it, when I saw it on the screen, it hit me the hardest it's ever hit me before. I felt so much love. I felt so much enveloping. And I felt the power of those words. And it was the final nail in the thing of what God was doing with me. Several weeks ago, or actually two days ago, Josh Bob Simple, who you guys know used to lead worship with us and is a great friend of us, he posted this on Facebook. He said, God does not hold people hostages, and neither should we. Forgive them. And when Josh wrote that, I'm like, oh my gosh. This is just part, it's just going hand and glove into what God is telling me through this thing, the three most powerful words. Psalms 103, starting with verse 10, says, He, God, does not punish us for our sins. In other words, we don't get what we deserve. We don't get every time that something happens, that you do something wrong, that, man, somebody's just right there on top of you. That's what fair is. And, and I've said before that when my kids will say, that's not fair, I'm like, oh, you don't want fair. Because fair is every time you do something wrong, you get caught. We don't want fair. God does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. And I don't know about you, but I make mistakes, and I deserve a lot more than I get. Verse 11, for his unfailing love towards those who fear him, those who are following after him, those who are putting him first, is a great as the height of the heavens above. Verse 12, he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And won't you just think about that? God isn't up there going, he's got amnesia that he just can't remember anything. Oh, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, that's ridiculous. But he literally, being God, has the ability to take and remove it from us and throw it so far away that if you run all the way to the east and keep going and keep going and keep going, you're never going to get there. Or you go to the west or you go to the west. It's in this place that you can never get to. Several weeks ago, what kind of prompted this was another friend from Christ for the Nations, Cassandra, and she posted this on Facebook as well. An unhealed person can find offense in pretty much anything someone does. And a healed person understands that the actions of others has nothing to do with them. And each day you will get to decide which one you will be. See, we can have people who are just causing problems all around us. And when we understand that it has nothing to do with us, we're not going to take on that offense. But when we have unhealed people in our lives, or maybe that's me, 
I could find offense in just about anything I look at. Oh, she looked at me wrong. She must hate me. And I got to confess, this is something for me that I've struggled with in my life. It's, it's been one of those things that someone doesn't respond the way I think they should. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they must hate me. And they must, and I have this inferiority that comes along with that whole thing. But the three most powerful words, I forgive you. That leads from being this unhealed, this unhealthy person to being a healthy person that understands that we all are going through something. But in Luke 4, 11, verse 4, sorry, Luke eleven four, we see Jesus' prayer. And as I mentioned, we're going through Jesus' prayer as the 21 days of prayer where the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I've said so many times previously that but that's the only thing that they ever asked Jesus to teach them. I'm sure he was teaching them many things along the way, but the only thing that's recorded that they said, Jesus, please teach us how to do this. And so he gives them what we've called the Lord's Prayer, and it's what we're theming the, the 21 days of prayer after. It's in our prayer guides. And by the way, if you don't have one of the prayer guides, you can shoot us an email and we will send you one out. We're happy to do that. So you can follow along with us and following along with Highlands. But in verse 4, Jesus says, in the prayer that we're supposed to pray as an example, and forgive us our sins. So the prayer that we're supposed to pray as disciples, as followers of Christ, is to ask God to forgive us our sins, but it doesn't just stop there. These two words, little words, two letters each, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. And I've always honestly, before last night, before this week, I always thought that and yield to temptation was another part of the prayer. But I saw it all in this one verse, that what if it's all tied together? God, I need to ask you to forgive me of my sins as I'm forgiving those who sin against me. And don't let me yield to the temptation to not forgive them. Because that temptation is great. That temptation is really easy to say, man, you hurt me and I can't get over this. As we, even as, what if, big what if, what if the amount of forgiveness available to me was rationed with the amount of forgiveness I give? Up to this point, the measure that I'm meeting out to other is the measure that's given back to me. What if? In Matthew 18, 21, it's, it's kind of long. It's a story. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who, who sins against me? Up to seven times. And again, I'll say, Jesus had previously before this talked about, and he says, you need to forgive your, your brother seven times. So Peter was kind of repeating back to Jesus. And, and I, I, I can't help but wonder if there wasn't a situation that prompted this question. Don't you think that John or one of the others did something to Peter? He's like, Jesus, how many times do I got to forgive him? Seven times? Okay, I'm counting, Jesus. How many times? Up to seven? Jesus answered, 
I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like, and I just want to pause right here. The kingdom of heaven, we, we talk about so many times in so many different places about let your kingdom come on earth as part of the Lord's prayer as well. On earth as it is in heaven. We want the kingdom of heaven here. I want the kingdom of heaven in my life. Jesus is giving us a glimpse into what the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, see, when we get to heaven, there's not going to be anyone needing to describe us what heaven is like because we're there, okay? Once you go to a place that you've been wanting to go, whether it's like Disney World, and you get to Disney World, you don't need somebody telling you what Disney World is like because you look at it and go, wow, it's an amazing place. It's the funnest place in the world, as they say. But Jesus is giving us a description of how the kingdom of heaven is, how it is up there that we're experiencing and need to experience here on this earth. That's the context. So in other places that he says, hey, if you do these things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to heaven. It just means you're not going to experience it here on this earth. But he's giving us a glimpse into what heaven is like. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, 10,000 bags of gold. Can you imagine? I'd like to have like this little tiny sack of gold, wouldn't you? I mean, much less a bag, much less 10,000 bags of gold. That's just, that's just ginormous. I mean, can you imagine even in our living room, 10,000 bags would probably be to the ceiling full of gold. That would just be amazing. I know Jenny would like that. I mean, think about how much Chick-fil-A you could get for that once you get through fasting. I know, I know. Anyway, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. He owed him. Verse 25, but since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. So in that time, if you owed money to a, a collector or you owed money to someone and you weren't able to pay it, they had the right to put you, your wife, and your children into slavery and to seize everything you had. They're going to put you in hard labor until you can pay it. Now, that's pretty drastic, but you get the image of what's going on here. The master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had. Verse 26. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Verse 27. Then the master took pity on him and canceled his debt and then let him go. See, he could have canceled the debt and still put him in prison. He could have still put him in there for a little bit. Like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Okay, you're not going to have to pay me back 10,000 bags of gold. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. But the full release canceled the debt and let him go. Of course, there's, a, there's an imagery here of, of what God has done for us. Verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, someone who was with him on his level, who owed him a hundred silver coins. Now, now look at the difference. 10,000 bags of gold 
versus a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him. And I love the way Jesus even described everything. He choked him. Can't you see him grabbing his throat and shoving him up against the wall? He says, pay back what you owe me. Verse 29, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him the same words. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. Verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Verse 32, then the master called the servant in and said, you wicked servant, I canceled all of that debt of yours that you owe to me because you begged me to. You got down on your knees and you said all these words to me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. So just like that, all of the debt came back on him. And now where he had his debt canceled and was free to go, now he has to pay it all. And he's being tortured in prison. Verse 35, really sobering thought. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is how. You want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like? The kingdom of heaven is like this story. This is how. But I love the, the last part, and I say I love by, by tongue-in-cheek, from your heart. I remember our children growing up, and they would get into a disagreement with one another, to put it mildly. And, and Lenore, I would co- counsel them and, and discipline them and walk in. We'd say, now go hug your sibling and, and look them in the eye and tell them, you guys say it from your heart. And how many of you know sometimes that's not easy to do? This is the standard. Jesus is saying, this is what the king... You want the kingdom of heaven to come down here on earth like it is up there? You want the kingdom of heaven in your life? This is how. Romans 12, verse 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you. So I'm putting all the responsibility on me. Live at peace with everyone. And and as I broke that down, the first word, if it's possible, if we break up just this part of it, if it's possible means if you're strong enough, if you're mighty enough, if you've got enough power, if you're a big enough person, if you're mature, then you can live at peace with everyone. And that word peace literally means to bring peace to be at peace, and to live in peace. Isn't that how we want life to be? Isn't that how I want my life to be described, that I live in peace? So many people say, I've got anxiety. It's like, "Ah, I can't even breathe. I can't face this stuff. This stuff is overwhelming. I just want to go and pull the covers over my head. That's not living in peace. I want to live in peace. 
So maturity is this, if I can leave this up, if I can restructure this just a little bit, follow along with me. If you're a person who's strong, mighty, mature, and powerful in your place in God, then you will bring peace, be at peace, and live with everyone around you as much as it depends on you. So there's two sides to every story without a doubt. But it says as much as far as it depends on you. Proverbs 17, 9 says, whoever covers an offense seeks love. See, an offense, that's not saying it it didn't hurt. They're not saying it wasn't a, a wrong done to you. It says, if you will cover that over and say, okay, even though you hurt me, even though that doesn't make any sense, even though everybody's on my side with this, I can tell everybody in the world, and they're going to agree with me. If I cover it and say, God, I'm releasing that to you. I'm going to forgive them. Remember the three most powerful words. Whoever covers an offense seeks love. But are are you just seeking the kind of love that just, what can I get out of this? Or is this the kind of love that's God's love? But he who repeats a matter runs around talking about it. Runs, God, call everybody you know and tell them, do you know what so-and-so did? Do you know what they did to me? And they may all agree with you. And that, that may be great for your flesh. But it goes on to say it'll separate close friends. So we get the choice to either cover and seek love or talk about it and have separation. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Again, I will say like the previous verse, This is so challenging for me. A multitude of sins means it's valid, the problem that you've got with them. The offense, they hurt you. They did something terrible to you. And this is saying, it could be a whole bunch of them. It could be something they did over and over again. And over, and I could keep saying over until we run out of tape to keep recording the message. Love of God covers that. I can tell you, I I can't do this on my own. See, my love can't cover anything. My love is like, you did this to me, I'm gonna do this worse to you. See, the love of God cover a multitude. But which kingdom are we going to be in? I started with, I had wrong with my wife. I caused her to feel a way that I didn't want her to feel. And when she wrote back on that text, I forgive you. (laughs) The three most powerful words. How about some other powerful words? I love you. I believe in you. Please bow your heads. I'm here to tell you this morning that the three most powerful words in your life today is that God through Jesus is telling you, I forgive you. 
you just simply have to receive it. And you may say, I, 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 there's no way God can forgive me for, and then you fill in the blanks in your mind. But he just showed us that God's love for me covers a multitude of my sins. It's, it's an example for me to do to others, but the, the first example is how he is towards me. So today for the first time, or maybe the five millionth time, you have the opportunity to receive that forgiveness from God. The three most powerful words, I forgive you, first and foremost, is coming from God to you, to me. Don't put it off. Today can be your day. And as you're listening to me and you don't know, and maybe you're like, I don't know, and you start feeling your heart beating faster and faster and faster, what will you decide? I beg you this morning, today, at whatever point in the day you're listening to this message, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. I may not understand the process, but today I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me. Here it is. I receive your forgiveness. And I will forgive those just as you've forgiven me. Today I come just as I am. And I surrender it all to you. I choose to follow you. And the best way I know how, I'm going to follow you with all my heart. Today I give you my life. Now, Father, I thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer. And Lord, this isn't maybe necessarily the most encouraging rah-rah message and for me, it's been a couple of weeks in the making and just in you, as you're turning and showing and revealing these things to me. And as I'm transparent in saying that I made a mistake with my wife, those three words that she said back to me were amazing. I pray, Lord, that we all can receive that from you that we turn around and give that out to those who are left and our right all the multitudes of people hurting us all the times that there's an offense that we would say hey, you don't deserve it we don't deserve it I don't deserve your mercies even in the analogy that you gave us from your word how the kingdom of God is the kingdom of heaven let me walk in your kingdom today. Let all of us, God. It's my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Well, I know Michael's already talked to you about the connection card and those that are watching online, those who are listening to the podcast, we really want to hear from you. And there's plenty of ways you can get the connection card. If you're here in the building with us, there's one that right there with you, or you can go to our website. There's a connection card. You can go to the online stream on our app. It's everywhere in the world you want to turn around. And there's probably one in your car somewhere. We've got that, but just fill it out and let us know what's going on with you. And another thing that we want to have, and I think Michael's going to put it up at the bottom of the screen, is a link for giving. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to tell you how much of our giving is coming from online versus in the building and the, the people here local in Plano. But if you want to give to us, and, and I know many people do, you can simply go to www.givetobelong.com. And we appreciate that. And we're going to collect up all of the prayer cards and the connection cards and any offerings this morning. Thank you, Ms. Lenore. So if you'll stand to your feet with me, we're going to pray and be dismissed. Father, I thank you for all the connection cards that have come in this week. Lord, for all the prayer requests. Lord, I thank you for day eight of 21 days of prayer. Lord, I pray that we continue on. Lord, and getting fed from your word. Lord, as we partner, as we jump in and join Church of the Highlands again this week from 6 to 7 or whatever time during the day we're able to. Lord, I just thank you that you're causing change to happen in us. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's giving to the church. Lord, who's paid their tithes and offerings this week. Father, I speak a blessing over them. Father, I thank you for the people who are going to the website right now and the givetobelong.com. And Lord, maybe it's even the first time they've given to a church. God, I just thank you that you're causing blessings. You're initiating that flow of blessings. I speak your blessings on them all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you next week.